Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> It's time for the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SCVarsity.com radio network. All right, another Sunday in November. Welcome in, Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com on the Sunday Blitz. Joined by my friend Richie Altman from the low country of South Carolina and Southern Sports Central. Richie, what a great Friday night of football we had. And actually, one game on Thursday night, Ridgeview over Daniel. But uh, what a super weekend and a, a super third round of the playoffs. Yeah, Jim, man, uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, yes, Sunday, of course, uh, get to recap it off for Friday night. But uh, I, it was a great weekend. If you're a Dutch Fork and you're a couple of those other teams, uh, Carolina Force that had big games, uh, not so good for the low country. I think we started with six teams, maybe seven teams. Uh, playing football on Friday night, there's only one lonely team that have come out and practice this week, and that's, of course, uh, Oceanside. They were able to take out uh, another team here in the low country, Woodland. But, uh, man, I tell you, I gained a lot of respect for some of the other teams around the area. But a, a lot of close games in the upstate. Dorman having to win there with a the field goal. And, of course, uh, you know, Gaffney pulling one out against Burns. But uh, all across the board, Hartsville comes back and beats Brooklyn. Casey, uh, man, this is what football's supposed to be like in November, right? It is, you know, it was a, it was a great uh, third round, and my hits took a pick. To, uh, my picks took a little hit this week. Uh, I went thirteen and seven. I had a couple of games uh, picked that I, that I felt were going to uh, turn out with. I don't know. I don't think you could really call them upsets, but um, I actually had. Uh, I, I like I want to go ahead and eat my crow because I, I picked against these teams. You know, in five A, um, Gaffney. They showed up to play football, man. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago, this Gaffney team, I think when they show up to play, they can beat anybody in the state. But, uh, you know, they they go to Dorman and uh, they they brought their best game effort and uh, they beat, you know, I mean, the Burns, and they beat a very good Burns football team. And uh, so they cost me a game because I actually had Burns picked. Um, and uh, But this is a Gaffney team – Richie, that you know, in the preseason, I felt like that they were going to contend for a state title. I had it. I had them at number two behind Dutch Fork in the preseason polls because I felt they were that good. And then you know, it kind of came unraveled for them, and they just didn't. They didn't play well. They they had some injuries. They got everybody back except for Jamari Littlejohn at linebacker. And uh, listen, this team is uh, is going to give Dorman, I think, all they can handle next week. Um, and then Carolina Forest in five A. I had Goose Creek picked in that game, and, and not only did Goose Creek not win the game, they got pounded. I mean, Mason Garcia and company uh, took it to them and uh, cost me two games in my picks in that. But I'm still 108 and 20 overall, so that's not too bad. But uh, anyway, I, I just uh, – I'm looking forward to the, the game. There were so many close games, Richie, and I, I started thinking about it. I started thinking about the playoff proposals that I put out there. Can you imagine if if they adopted one of those proposals that this past week that would have been our first round matchups? Oh yeah, it would have been huge. I mean, you talk about you know the Brooklyn Casey Hartsville. I mentioned that early, uh, but go back to this game against, and this is a big topic. This is a big conversation. Goose Creek kind of put themselves in that situation by pushing back that game as long as they did. They played Somerville on Monday night. They handled business. Manny McQuamu, of course, I thought looked really good all things considering, uh, but here's the thing. You gave the opposing team home field advantage. On top of that, being Carolina Ford, hadn't played since that Thursday. And they didn't play Friday night. They played a day earlier. So you're giving Mason Garcia, this committed kid, to go to East Carolina another day or two or three to get better? I mean, come on. You gave the running back a chance to kind of watch a little bit more film. 
And then if you're Goose Creek, you spent the entire day Tuesday getting better in the training room. I mean, because that's how it works. If you're there on Friday, usually Sunday, you're, you're kind of licking your wounds, or at least you have a Saturday where you don't do anything. Well, this team out of Goose Creek, they had to go right back to the playing field on Tuesday after playing Monday night against a very good, aggressive defense out of summer. The, the offense, they kind of ran them around a little bit, and they stuck them pretty good. It was a good old-school rivalry there between two teams. But that's not a lot of turnaround team. And we talk about what's safety for the kids. Well, Jim, I ask you the question, JB. I'm surprised they didn't push that game back to Saturday because of the, the, the big picture that Goose Creek had three days three days of preparation and realistically two days of field practice because they probably spent a lot of day Tuesdays wrapping some things up. And think about Thursday. Usually that's a walkthrough practice. That ended up being a full-day practice at Goose Creek. So uh, short-term, got you a, a quick turnaround back to Goose Creek with a loss. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, you hate to have just three days, but, you know, it kind of put Carolina Forest in the same situation. I mean, the Carolina Forest didn't know who to prepare for. Uh, with with uh, Goose Creek and Somerville not playing until Monday, uh, so they basically had to wait until Tuesday uh, to start the preparation, specific preparations that you know for the team that they were going to play. But uh, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of trouble when you when you start pushing your games to further out. I mean, even if you do a Saturday game, they still have time to prepare because uh, most of the teams aren't doing anything on Saturday anyway, except for trading film. But you know, they don't they don't even get to trade film. Uh, on that Monday game until Monday night, maybe even Tuesday morning. And, and you know, by that time, I mean, you got really two days to prepare. You're not going to do anything on Thursday. And uh, I right. don't know, it just uh, was kind of crazy the way that worked out. There's been a lot of questions, though, JB. Think about it, though. Andrews had that same scenario where they weren't sure who they were going to play. Well, they knew who they thought they were going to And then Oceanside kind of got hit a little bit hard on that disciplinary issue. So everybody that Coach Scott and his guys with the Yellow Jackets prepared to play Burt. Well, guess what? Monday at 3:45, after two weeks into the into the situation, they find out they're playing realistically what it easily could be the best team in the lower state 2A football. Congratulations for winning the region. And then very similar situation here. You know they're pushing this game back three days, three whole days. Well, that's not really fair. And I didn't think about it that way either for Carolina Force. But these guys did not know where they're playing Somerville or a very dual-threat, triple option to some degree team out of Goose Creek. And I don't say triple option, but definitely a dual-threat quarterback out of, out of that young man, McGuamu. Uh That's two total different teams to prepare for come Friday night. Well, it's uh, it's going to be interesting now we're, Now that we got that behind us. And then, of course, in 4A, I missed I missed the Hartsville-Brooklyn-Casey game. I had Brooklyn-Casey picked in that. And they actually had that game. I mean, they, they kind of they kind of gave it away let the Hartsville back in in the second half. And Jeff Calabrese did a great job of making adjustments and doing some things that they, they don't normally do. Um, and then uh, they go down. Um, the interesting thing in that game that I was thinking about, Richie, in, on the, on the uh, second touchdown um, for Hartsville, they got three back-to-back motion penalties. And it pushed the ball back 15 yards on the extra point. Um the kids still made, uh, I guess, what's that, a 35-yard uh, extra point. Um, that could have been the difference in that game because if, if he had missed that, they would have been going for two to just tie it and not win it. But anyway, with 239 left, they, they score the, the third touchdown and they go for two to win it. And, um, you know, they, they get the win. And I can, I can only congratulate Jeff Calabrese and Hartsville for – for being able to, to pull that off um, like they did. And then 3A, I had Camden uh, losing, going down to Union um, on the road. That was a game that, though, I toyed back and forth with, Richie. I, I, I wasn't sure. I, I felt like it was a, a fairly evenly matched game. Um, and usually when you got an evenly matched game, you go to the team, or I go to the team that's got the better quarterback. Well, they both got pretty good quarterbacks. So Union was at home, so I felt like I'd, I'd go with Union in that. But Camden goes up there, and they take care of business. I picked Gilbert over Dylan. Dylan comes back on the closing moments of the game to win that game. So there was just a lot of close games uh, this weekend. I'm hoping hoping that we get the same type of football this weekend. Well, you know, you got Hartsville going to Myrtle Beach. That's an old, you know, rivalry there within the uh, 4A ranks there, of course. I'm curious to see what you're going to see in that 5A lower state as well. 
when you've got the likes of uh, of Carolina Force and Mason Garcia, but they've got a running back behind him that's really, really good. Doesn't get a lot of exposure because of Mason Garcia kind of takes the highlight out of that. You and I talk about some of the best quarterbacks in the area. Mason Garcia is definitely one of those guys in the conversation, but I don't know anybody, and I watched it firsthand. When Duck Fork went into Fort Dorchester, I was at the game calling it there, and holy moly, Tom Knox has done a great job. Everything that team does is in unison. They walk off the bus together. They stretch together. They yawn together. I mean, you name it, it's all in sync, and it's a testimony of what Coach Knox showed. To give that level of attention from the B team to the JV and to the varsity, that's huge, and it speaks volumes. I'm not sure anybody in the state of South Carolina can beat a team like Dutch Force. They're really good, and I've gained a ton more respect for a guy like him with what he's done. Yeah, I don't think, um, to be quite honest with you, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think in this is a is a bold statement when we're talking about semifinals of the playoffs, but I think Dutch Fort beats them by four touchdowns or more. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's close. Um, they're just as I said last week, they're a machine. There's and I haven't seen anyone um, that I think could come close to them. I do think that Gaffney, if their best team shows up, you know, if if it's if it's not. Uh, Mr. Hyde, if it's Dr. Jekyll that shows up, they're a team that can uh, that can that can give Dutch for a good game. I think. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, and here's a guy's name. You think of uh, what Tyreek McDaniel? That kid's yeah, not, you don't hear a lot about him because again, you keep hearing about the same two guys: the quarterback, and the receiver. Then I want to give another guy, John Hall. I believe John Hall is a defensive back. Is that right, or do I have it? No, John Hall. He's a running back. Run, he's a running back. Um, yeah, he's a running back. McDaniel's uh, in the secondary. Um, I mean, they got listen. They Tashawn Brooks, the uh, offensive tackle, yeah. um, big offensive tackles. Right. He's outstanding. They got a linebacker, Demassi, that's that's outstanding. Obviously, Jalen Hyatt. They've got a junior wide receiver that is good. They've got Jalen Hyatt's younger brother. I think it's a sophomore. Um, he's he he may end up being better than Jalen. I mean, it, they're just loaded wow. with talent. I mean, you look at it, though, and I watched it, and and here's the thing. Let me say this real quick, Jim. When I watched their – and I don't know why this happened. They were up like 38, I think 38 to nothing. It went to be a fake punt or maybe a a, a bad snap. The kicker takes off and ran. They were third and 13, Jim. The kicker ran it for, I would say, 14, maybe 20 yards on a fake fake punt. And uh, that place at, at Fort Dorchester erupted with anger. And the other side with a bunch of cheers. Yeah, I think. Listen, man, Tom Tom Knotts is 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 not gonna he's not gonna stop trying to score. Now he may he may put backups in, and I think in fact I think at the end of that game he did have some backups in. But um, you know he even with his backups in, he's going to to call his game. He's gonna still um, you know call the game like he would as if as if it was seven to seven. You know. And, uh, and that's just how he plays football. You know, he kind of feels like it's not his responsibility to keep his team from scoring. It's your defense's responsibility to keep his team from scoring. And um, but anyway, um, in two A, um, yeah, I missed uh, I missed the Saluda game. I, I had Saluda going down to Southside Christian. I, Southside Christian was a home team. They'd already beaten Saluda once this this year, and that I came close to going with Saluda. For that very reason, it's very difficult to beat a good team twice. And uh, Southside got their quarterback back for this game. But Saluda played a great game. And, you know, we talked about Saluda and the Saluda-Addyville game from earlier in the year. You know, Saluda Saluda doesn't fumble that football. And, and we had uh, Coach Stuart Young on with us Friday night on the postgame show. You know, Saluda doesn't fumble that football, and that's a seven-point ball game against Abbeville. So this is a very good Saluda team, and I think they're they're looking forward to this this game this week. And we will preview all the games on Wednesday. But uh, and then in one A, um, Blackville Hilda uh, goes down um, to Rich Spring Mineta. I had Blackville Hilda winning that football game. Rich Spring Mineta uh, wins it, and you know, and uh, that became that was my seventh uh, seventh loss on on the night. Um, Again, 13, 13 and seven on the night, and 
Uh, I got to make up for it this week. I can't miss any. Can't miss any this week because Scott Early is texting me, telling me that uh, he didn't miss any picks. Which, listen, I don't buy it. I, I, he hadn't posted them anywhere, so I got to see them. I, I told him, I said, man, I post my picks on social media for people to see. You got to post your picks, yeah. You know? But uh, anyway, well, listen, Richie, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Come back, uh, talk a little bit more about. I want I want to talk about the areas of the state and how strong they're performing in the playoffs and and where it seems to be. You know, where most of the power seems to be. And uh, we'll do that when we come back at six thirty. Uh, we have got. Camden uh, head football coach Brian Ripp is going to be joining us to talk about the Bulldogs. And then at 645, we will have uh, Myrtle Beach head coach Mickey Wilson coming on to talk to us about that. You're listening to The Sunday Drive on scvarsity.com radio network. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com. If you have roofing or construction needs, call Pac-Men Contracting, LLC. Roofing, rebuilds, remods, and additions, Pac-Men Contractors can do it all. A veteran-owned company, licensed, bonded, and insured. Call 803-363-0739. All right, welcome back in to the Sunday Drive. I'm Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com, joined by Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central. And uh, we've got a great show tonight, uh, talking football. We've kind of gone over the uh, playoffs uh, from from Friday night, the third round, Richie. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, when I was going through and looking at, at, at who's left in the playoffs and looking at the number of teams remaining, remaining uh, from different areas, and you mentioned it already, you, talk, you talked about the lower state. Um, there, there's a few teams probably that you guys don't count. When I break up the state um, in the lower state, I still got three teams competing down there. I got May River, Barnwell, and Oceanside uh, all all competing. I guess in the Charleston area where you're at, Oceanside is the only remaining team. Um, but uh, listen to the breakdown of this in the Midlands. And if you think about if you think about the shift of power, you know. It wasn't that long ago, a decade, maybe maybe close to two decades ago, that it seemed like uh, when we were cross-bracketing, all of the teams, uh, the power seemed to be in the upstate, you know, and we had the, the big, you know, what was used to be Region 2 with, uh, you know, Burns and Gaffney and Dorman, and you also had the, the other region, Region 3, with Rock Hill and Northwestern, um, and, and it seemed like all of the teams, all of the power – seem to be in the upstate. And I think it's, it's kind of shifted a little bit. Um, you know, for the longest time, you didn't see very many Midlands teams competing deep in the playoffs. And uh, this year, right now, we've got six teams remaining. Um, if we count Wagner, Sally, and Rich Spring, Mineta. Um, now, uh, we've got Dutch Fork, Ridgeview, Camden, Saluda, and Rich Spring, Mineta, and Wagner, Sally. Now, Rich Spring, Mineta, and Wagner, Sally are both in Aiken County, but they're both technically – about the same distance as Batesburg Leesville, which we include in the Midlands here. So um, six teams from the Midlands in the uh, remaining in the playoffs, playing for semifinals. In the PD area, six teams remaining. Carolina Forest, Myrtle Beach, Hartsville, Dillon, Lakeview, and Green Sea Floyds. Now, of those schools, really, I mean, I think I think Myrtle Beach, Dillon, and Green Sea Floyd are – are real strong contenders to win a state title. So they could actually have three state champions in the PD area. In the upstate, there's five teams remaining. Two of them are in 5A, so one of them is going to be eliminated this week, Gaffney and Dorman. And then in 4A, Wren, 3A, Chapman, 2A, Abbeville. And um, and like I mentioned, the lower state's got three teams, May River, Barnwell, and Oceanside Collegiate. So if, if you look at that, it's 
with the exception of the lower state, it's a fairly even balance of who's remaining in the playoffs. Yeah, it really is, JB. You know, you, when you think about it, again, you, you know, you always hear how strong the upper state is. And now they've had a good ring up there, and they've been doing well. But even in 5A football, you, you know, you're looking who's won what the last four has either been Fort Dorchester or Dutch Fort, right? And those are all teams from the lower state. Then you go down a little bit. You look at Myrtle Beach. They've had really good runs. Hartsville's done good. Dylan's down there doing their thing. Um, you, you know, and you're kind of leaning into some of this conversation of maybe, just maybe, uh, they're only looking at certain dimensions of uh, the upstate. And now the upstate has a lot more stronger teams, I would say, Jim. But when it comes out of winning these championships here of late, right, maybe the last four or five years consistently, you have seen the lower state. You just might not consider them a lower state because they're not in the low country. There's a difference there. Right, right. Yeah, and I think I think when we say generally, when we say lower state, upper state, people think that way. They think, you know, okay, well, regions one through four, that's your upper state teams. Region, you know, five through eight, that's your, your lower state teams. Um, when, when I do, I break it down by the areas because I do, a, I do my top players by areas. And what I do is I do Greenville, Spartanburg, um, Rock Hill, and um, – include the Lakelands in that. Now, the Lakelands could really be, you know, on their own with the schools that they've got over there, but I like to include them in the up, up that upstate area. And then I go to the PD coastal area, which is going to be everywhere, everything from Marlboro County, um, you know, down towards Georgetown, and then back right. in uh, towards Florence. And then um, the Midlands, obviously, is going to be the center of Columbia, um, out as far as Newberry, Batesburg, Leesville, um, and even Sumter included in the Midlands. And then obviously the lower state's going to think pretty much be everything from Orangeburg, Wilkinson, you know, Orangeburg down. Um, that way that's going to be considered the lower state. Now we could actually, you know, you could do that central Savannah river area as a separate area um, because um, right. you've got some teams down there. You've got Strom Thurmond, North Augusta, South Aiken, uh, Midland Valleys, uh, all those, all those teams down in that area that compete as well. But um, I usually typically include them in the lower state when I'm doing um, player rankings because usually when, when we start doing top players, there's so few players that are all state from a smaller area like that. It is, it's easier just to group them in with the lower state. But uh, anyway, I, I, was, I was pretty um, interested to see the, um, the shift in, in the power and that and, and looking at how – um, if, if you look at the, because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, 15 years ago, you would, you would not see six teams from the middle and still remaining. Now, you may see PD and you may see the upstate having six or eight, um, but uh, you wouldn't have seen six from the middle. So I think football has generally gotten better in the Midlands or possibly, as we've talked about, um, maybe that we're, you know, we're seeing uh, some mediocrity in football as attrition hits the South Carolina High School League and, and we see fewer players competing in the, the level of football going down. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the caliber of football in South Carolina has certainly gone down over the last 10 years, um, specifically over the last three years. Um, when we lost the eight-quarter rule, we've seen kids leaving. And that's not the only reason kids are leaving the game. But um, if, if you look at the number of, of players – that your in-state schools right. are offering now um, versus what they were offering 10 years ago is a huge difference. And I think that that points to the, to the caliber of football right now in South Carolina. And I'm not saying that the top-tier players are not just as good. I'm just saying we don't have the depth that we used to have. You know, we used to could do – I could do a top 20 players list, and of the 20, all 18 to 20 of them have, you know, power five offers. It's not that way anymore. Yeah, and, and that's interesting as well because you heard it a couple of weeks back. We spoke about it on this radio station and the show and mine as well where we talked about just alone how many South Carolina Gamecocks uh, offered in-state kids, five, three. You know, I think five was last year, three this year. Uh, Coastal Carolina struggles with it. I mean, even look at the aspect of Keegan Williams, who's right now single-handedly on Sunday – excuse me, on Friday night, Jim, he threw for, I think, two. He ran for three and he caught two in the end zone. So six out of those touchdowns, uh, you know, he did it different ways, but he had zero offers. And, and, and you and I can talk about that on another day, another show if you'd like. But here's the thing. We've got players in our state, but they're leaving our state. 
I mean, you've got Kenny Solomon, who played at Sockasee last year, graduates, goes to, goes to Tennessee on Thursday, was given a completely full scholarship to be an athlete at the University of Tennessee. You're seeing Hyatt. He's already committed to go to Tennessee. We've got players, but how are they leaving our state? But yet, you're right. We don't have, I would say, the numbers that we've had with, of course, the Davion Clownies and uh, the guys that really kind of made their names going through the Hollemans and things like that that really, I guess, uh, you know, were kind of a staple uh, in the Palmetto State of the past. Yeah, they were, and, and we've seen a difference. Uh, we're gonna, Richie, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we've got Brian Ripp from Camden is going to be joining us when we come back from the break to talk a little bit of Camden Bulldog football. Uh, we'll be right back on the Sunday Drive. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or taking home a bucket of the best fried chicken known to mankind, the one place you can get it all is Zesto in West Columbia. And they've been serving the freshest made-to-order Zesto burgers, hot fries, homemade coleslaw, and delicious hand-spun shakes and desserts for the last 65 years. Man, that's a lot of milkshakes and a lot of smiles. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's Rib Special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. All right, you're listening to the Sunday Drive on the South Carolina High School Blitz. Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com, along with Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central. And coming on with us right now, the head coach for the Camden Bulldogs, Coach Brian Rimp. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Right, congratulations on the win, Coach. And, and I, I've already eaten my crow because I picked you guys to, to follow the Union <laughs> County. And uh, so I put it out on on SC Varsity, and I've already mentioned it on this show. I had to I had to give you guys props, and and I was telling Richie, you know, this this, this particular game, it looked so evenly matched that I did, uh, you know, I went back and forth on the pick, and usually I go to the team with the better quarterback. Well, I felt both teams had good quarterback, and so I just went with the home team, and and uh, man, shame on me, I should have went with the Bulldogs. No, that's all right. You keep picking against us. It gives me easy uh, motivational material for the guys. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, they were ready for the game. Union County is a really good football team. You weren't you weren't off on that. They're they are uh, you know they made it to the fourth round last year, and they're you know the one seed from their region this year. You know their region, region three, was arguably the the toughest in the the upper state for three A. They had three out of their four teams won the first round matchup, so that, it was a hard region. They were number one seed. They were at home, really good football team. I'm proud of our guys, obviously, for uh, for getting the win there. But uh, Union County certainly uh, it has a lot of talent. Now, Coach, um, before we get into to what you guys are doing now and and what's coming up this week, the Bulldogs have not had a winning season since 2010. Uh, before you took over in 2017, uh, you guys I think were three and nine that first year, but but you went eight and three in your second year. You're 12 and one right now, playing in the semifinals. Um, and I don't think I think 2002 may have been the last time Camden's been in a semifinal. But um, walk us through the process of what it what it took to get this program turned around so quickly, like you've done. Well, you know, uh, we coach from the sidelines, but the players play on the field. And uh, we are fortunate to have, you know, for the last couple of years now, a lot of good players go through here. You know, last year we ended up finishing 8-4, and four, like you mentioned, uh, lost to, in the second round to Chapman. Uh, we had 27 seniors on the team last year that were had a lot of experience. Those guys had played varsity for three years. Uh, we obviously had younger guys on the team that are playing this year that, that did really well last year. And those guys really got the – 
uh, what it felt like to win. You know, they they uh, you know played some. You know, our our schedule nine region. We play five A teams and four A teams. We're gonna play one team that's a two A, and everybody else is bigger than us. So uh, we get pretty good competition in nine region schedule. And you know, our region is a pretty tough one too. Last year, uh, Chester won the state championship from our region. So it was, you know, we, we had to play those guys in a regular season. Um, so, you know, our guys got the used to winning last year and just really find out what it took to, to get over the hump. You know, last year, the games we lost, we, they're all close. They're all within, you know, a score, or, uh, a second score late. And, you know, we just, re- we weren't ready to, to take the step to get over the hump. And these guys this year, I mean, they really, uh, rallied around each other. They, they're a fun bunch to be around. They have fun when they're out there. I think one of the things that's noticeable is they just enjoy playing. You know, we uh, are pretty hard on them throughout the week. We demand a lot of things from them. And, and you know, they, they meet our demands and, um, you know, have just uh, really come together to play well. And uh, we're proud of how they've been. But, you know, winning, winning is contagious and uh, it's really exciting uh, when you're doing well and when you've got really good players. Uh, that uh, Obviously, all that helps. And then our coaching staff, you know, we've got a, a great coaching staff, uh, offensively and defensively. The guys have, have really game-planned well throughout the season uh, against the opposition, no matter what we were facing, whether it was an offensive-minded team or a defensive-minded team. Uh, really rose to the, risen to the challenge uh, every single week. And, you know, it's a good team working together, and hopefully we can do it for another week or two. Now it's been uh, 2000. Well, 2002, uh, Camden lost to Union in the state championship. In 2001, they won that. Um, I'm sure that the the people around uh, Camden are talking about that because I think they've got that feeling that this is a team that that's going to be able to get back there. During this successful period that you're having, are you seeing any of the the, the former players? coming back and hanging around and watching and, and talking to the team? Yeah, that's a good question. We are, you know, it, it's, uh, you mentioned 01 and 02. Those were a couple of really good teams back to back. 2001 went, they ended up uh, winning the state championship. Cannon went 15 and 0. And then very next year playing uh, union second year back to back, ended up losing the state championship game. So this union County game this past week actually had a, had a lot of, um, uh, it meant a lot to a lot of people around here in, in Camden. And one thing neat about uh, living here and coaching here is, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a mantra that we go by one team, one town, one goal. You know, all these guys went to Camden high school, you know, they're all alum and, and uh, they've traveled with us throughout the season really started last year with the Chester uh, during the regular season last year. I think everybody kind of felt how big of a game that was going to be. We were both ranked in the top five and, and 3A at the time. And, you know, they've stayed with us throughout this year. Obviously, it's been a pretty good year. But it's really it's, it's really neat to see the alumni come around. You know, some of our coaches that have been here for a while just talked about they've seen guys they haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. Uh, for our town, it's exciting for our school. And you know, for instance, uh, at the Union County game on Friday, after the game, a guy named Marcus Brown came up afterwards and spoke to me. Marcus Brown was running back at Camden in '01 and '02. Until uh, two weeks ago, he held the single-season rushing record here at Camden. Uh, he uh, was was on that state championship team, and uh, he came and wanted to talk to the guys. You know. With uh, our running back now, Willis Lane, breaking his record, he wanted to talk to those guys and just encourage them and you know let them know that going to the fourth round and that's you know the upper state finals. Obviously, want to do well, but you know, what, what they've done is special. So it was neat having those guys around and you know everybody else that comes back. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, they, they stay around here once a bulldog, always a bulldog, and it, it's been uh, it certainly has been a fun ride. It's nice going around town and getting a bunch of high fives and good jobs. Congratulations! And, uh, hopefully, we keep that going. Hey, Coach Richie Allen down here in Charleston, uh, Southern Sports Central. Uh, appreciate you giving us a chance to talk to you. Congratulations on the big win. Um, I, you know, I love what you guys are doing. You're winning by committee. It's a team of, of everyone, not just one. But I also love the fact that what you're doing is building that culture to where I remember. I grew up in Myrtle Beach, so I'm very familiar with the Sumter, the Camdens uh, of that side of the football world. But you know you're doing right, Coach, when you got these kids coming back. When you got look in the stands and you see the mama still coming, you see the daddy still standing on the sidelines, but you see their kids maybe in college, maybe in the workforce, but they're coming back, they're giving back, they're in the community. Coach, talk a lot about your tradition and how you're building that foundation, and that's why you were able to win a game that I didn't pick against you, by the way. Jim did. And uh, that being said, <laughs> tell us a little about that. <laughs> 
Well, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier to Jim, that Camden's a special place. You know, it's it's uh, one of those places that's rich in tradition. You know, they've won seven uh, state championships uh, throughout the years over here. This is, you know, the, the high school was, was uh, started in 1894. So this is a 126 football team in Camden High School. So there's guys that have played, you know, that played in the 50s that are still around and come out. The last three championship teams was uh, 01. 1990 and 1964 and they are still revered around here they still talk about those championship years and you know anytime you go to the barbershop or the, the restaurant downtown or whatever the gathering is you know it's a, it's a point of conversation and it, it is you know i love the alumni part uh people coming back um uh, you know and it, it's, it's it's exciting for our kids because you know, being a small town, that a lot of them are related to them. You know, they they know those guys. They grew up watching those guys that were playing and winning state championships, and and uh, now they're in those shoes. Uh, we've got a really uh, a neat environment that we've been able to create at our stadium. You know, Zip Stadium is actually the oldest stadium in the state of South Carolina, it's 90 years this year. So it's been around a long time, and we've been able to create a pretty good uh, home home environment there that, that, that you know brings people back and wants them to come to you know they want to come to games to watch. And I think that's important to get. Every Everybody involved, you know, we did things throughout the year, having our youth football teams come over for a youth football night and recognizing our, our city and county champions from the rec leagues and just that kind of stuff to get people involved. But in the end, you know, we've got to be good at, at, on the field. And uh, I, I told Jim earlier, it really helps when you've got really good players. You're talking about winning by committee. You know, we've got two running backs over 1,300 yards rushing. I don't know if anybody in the state can say that. Um, and, you know, our quarterback's got – you know, over 1,600, it's probably close to 2,000 combined yards now. I've uh, done a really good job on offense this year, and then our defense uh, was really our um, our question mark coming into the season. We only returned two seniors, or two starters, I should say, on defense, and we've had nine other guys that filled in and played very admirably. You know, they've come up with big stops. Uh, we had a couple big turnovers caused uh, on Friday against Union that our defense uh, created to give the offense the ball back, and it's just really been a fun team to be around these guys we do a lot of stuff all year. Everybody knows that football is kind of a year-round sport. We're together a lot. They better like it or they won't. And, uh, you know, I think being around each other and doing all the things we've done throughout the spring and summer have really helped uh, the chemistry that now, again, we're playing in November and, and uh, having a good season. Coach, uh, before we let you go, I wanted to get your, your take on Chapman and see what you, see if you've had a chance to look at them strongly and, and – uh, how you how you think you'll play against them? Is this a team that you're going to have to make any adjustments for, or what are you doing in particular to prepare for them? Well, Chapman's a good football team. Uh, one interesting thing about Camden and Chapman is of the last four years, this will be our third time playing each other in the playoffs. Uh, Camden went to Chapman in 2016 when Chapman ended up winning it, uh, winning the whole thing that year. Uh, and then last year, that's who put us out of the playoffs in the second round. Uh, so we, we're kind of as familiar as we can be with them, uh, with the team that's not in your region, team that you don't play every year because, you know, we, we have – yeah, come across each other before. Last year was actually a pretty uh, closely contested game. We ended up losing 28-21. Uh, the last few possessions of ours were turnovers at the end of the game, which you know you can't do against a good team. They returned just about everybody from last year. They've had you know as as anybody can see a tremendous season. They're undefeated. You know they're really good at quarterback. Their defense has been playing better than probably people have expected them to play. Uh, they're a good football team. It's the fourth round of the playoffs. You better be playing a good football team. Uh, so, we, you know, our guys are excited for the challenge. We're going to have to drive over there to, to Spartanburg and, and uh, get ready to play a really good football team. Coach, um, we we all know that uh, – we all know about Willis Lane, um, you know, and, and the yards that he's done. And, and you've got a great – you've got a good quarterback. I think – you know, Javari Pearson is a kid that, while he's a completely different type of player, he is probably the most electric quarterback Camden's had since Eric McCollum. And and I think that that's going to – and he's just a junior, if I'm not mistaken, correct? He is. He's a junior, sir. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, he's, so, he's a good so, – he, he, he oh, does a good job yeah. for us. Yeah, he's he he does a good job, and and like I said, he's a different type of quarterback than McCullum. McCullum was obviously a, a passing quarterback, but talk a little bit about the players. Give you an opportunity to 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 give a shout out to some of the players that don't get the notoriety, that don't get the media attention that these other guys are getting. 
Well, you know, on offense, everybody's heard of Willis Lane, like you mentioned. He's over 2,000 yards in the season. Micah Davis had five touchdowns last week. He's over 1,300 yards rushing. And our quarterback, Jafar Pearson, um, you know, does does a great job. He's over 1,000 yards uh, passing in, uh, 500 yards rushing on the season. Those guys get all the credit. You know, I'd like to steer a little bit toward the defense. Our defense um, has, uh, if you look at just statistics, looks like they've given up a lot of points this year. Uh, but we really dig down into it. The first string defense really hasn't given up very many points at all. Most, a lot of those are coming at the end of the game. We're getting guys experience, and uh, the game's well in hand. But John Copley is, is one of the leaders of our defense. He plays defensive end. Uh, if you go on to Max Preps, he actually leads the state in sacks. He had a couple more sacks last week against a very elusive quarterback in Union County. Um, he does a great job of pressuring off the edge. He's relentless. Um, in his effort, um, he's a senior. He's going to the he got selected to go to the uh, Columbia Metro Bowl um, in December. So he, he's a really good player for us, especially on that front line. On our second level, we've had a really a couple of linebackers step up and um, nearing the hundred tackle um, total for the season. Marcellus Juggins and Darius Peebles. Marcellus is a junior. Darius is a is a senior. Um, those guys have really come on. They both made. Uh, uh, plays that that mattered uh, this past week, you know, stopping uh, a good offense like we played against Union County. In the in the third level, up in our secondary, Joseph Burns has probably made the most plays for us. Uh, he's a junior safety. Um, he had a uh, cause fumble this past week. His his fellow counterpart at safety, uh, James Krim, who's also a junior, had an interception this past week in the Union County game. But those guys on defense. And there's more that I didn't mention, but those guys on defense uh, really uh, do a great job of being relentless. We've done a good job all season of limiting the big play, not allowing that big play. And that's something we're going to have to be really good at this week because Chapman, that's what they do. They can go down the field in a hurry, one play, and they can score, you know, a 60, 70, 80-yard pass and, you know, catch and run or, or run off the edge. They, they have uh, really made their living doing that this year. So, all defense will have a challenge. Uh, but that's something we've been good at. So, hopefully we can continue it. Well, Coach, uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, giving us your time. I know that uh, when you when you guys are in the middle of football season in the playoffs like you are, that your time with the family is valuable. So just thank you for taking time out of your schedule to spend some time with us and tell everybody about uh, Camden football. And just wish you the best of luck this week against uh, Chapman. And, and hopefully you can um, be one of those – Midlands teams we were talking about earlier. Hopefully, hopefully we can get as many of these. There's six Midlands teams remaining. Hopefully, we can get as many of those in the state championships as we can. Well, we'd like to be one of them, that's for sure. Thanks for having me on. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right, Coach Brian Rip from uh, Camden High School. Richie, uh, man, he's done an amazing job over there. Three years. Uh, this this team hasn't had a winning season since 2010. He comes in, is hired in February of 17, and. Uh, put together uh, three game three wins of that first year but eight and four last year 12 and one right now and in the semifinals with a chance to go to state championship that's a big deal and, and you know he talked about those two running backs over a thousand yards unheard of usually when you're sharing the time behind the quarterback you don't see guys getting those type of yards but let's give a credit to that offensive line holy moly those kids have to be incredibly good at what they do and playing the positions they play to open up the whole for not one but 2,000-yard rushers. I mean, it's really neat to watch these coaches, J.B., come from what they were to now what they are. Even at Cross, I know they took a tough one off the 10 over the weekend on Friday night, but they were 0-9 last year in 1A football. And then this coach turns them around, puts them in the third round of the playoffs. They finished 7-4, and but to go from 0-9 to, to, to third round of the playoffs the following season, man, these are the type of coaches like we just talked to as well that I love to have in here because these are the guys that are really getting it done in the trenches. Well, we're going to take a break, and we've got another one of the great coaches from South Carolina uh, that's going to join us, uh, Mickey Wilson from Myrtle Beach. And uh, we'll be back to the Sunday Drive right after this message. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at maurice'sbarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. Get frustrated with your lawn maintenance problems or perhaps have some landscaping issues that you need to take care of? Windmill Services can help you out. They're not just a landscaping company, they offer a variety of services for all of your outdoor needs. 
You can hire them for one-time jobs like landscaping, design installation, irrigation installation or repair, sod installation, and even outdoor lighting services. They also are available for ongoing services like scheduled lawn mowings, landscape maintenance, and grounds maintenance. They've been providing professional outdoor services for 25 years to residential and commercial properties in and around the Columbia, South Carolina area. Give them a call today at 803-513-3662 or visit them on the web at windmillservices.net. More than just a landscaping company. You're listening to Jim Baxter and South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network. I know that uh, I know Richie likes that, so I have to play a little fish uh, at least once a show. Uh, joining us on the line right now is uh, Coach Mickey Wilson from Myrtle Beach High School. Uh, Myrtle Beach back in the semifinals again with a, a very good chance at, at repeating. Coach, how you doing? Hey, good evening. How are you doing, Jim? Doing great, man. Congratulations on the win. And, and uh, you guys, uh, you know, you've had a little bit of adversity, but uh, you don't seem to be missing any. Uh, I mean, all the, all, the, all the pistons are firing. <laughs> Well, we've had some uh, we've had some guys that have been a little bit unhealthy uh, throughout the postseason and at the end of the regular season, and um, it, you know it's really neat to see some of our younger guys step up and uh, and play in those spots and, and do really well. And, um, it's kind of created some depth for us moving forward throughout the playoffs, and uh, just excited for those those younger guys who had a chance to step in and get some reps and get to play a little bit and help us out. Talk a little bit about the game uh, Friday night, you guys. Um, uh, uh, got behind uh, early to an airport team, and but uh, recovered quickly and, and really shut down this airport team who had put up 400 over 400 yards rushing the previous week, and you guys completely shut them down. Talk about that game. Well, you know, we, we came out in the first quarter and didn't prote- uh, play particularly well and uh, just settled down a little bit. And, um, of course, we have a uh, sophomore quarterback that's starting in the place of Luke Doty right now and uh, just – had to had to give him a chance to settle down a little bit, but our defense was uh, was amazing Friday night. Friday night they played uh, lights out. Um, they, they've been carrying us uh, here through the playoffs and uh, just just played a great football game. And like you said earlier, Airport had was coming off a big game against uh, Lower Richland where they had a lot of rushing yards and um, just a you know high powered offense. And we were we were able to uh, you know like you said shut them out a little bit and, and play well on that side of the ball. Now you mentioned your sophomore quarterback uh, Ryan Berger. Um, using him in in the place of Luke, um, you you were telling me uh, off the air. We talked uh, some yesterday that, that this is a kid that um, has actually been your varsity backup all year. But with him taking over the reins um, for Doty, is are there any adjustments you're having to make with him, or is he able to run your whole playbook? No, uh, you know we feel comfortable with, with our with our whole playbook. Now there's some things that we're a little bit limited on, and uh, you know Luke was a very dynamic player, um, a true a true dual threat guy, uh, where Ryan's probably not um, as much of a dual threat guy as Luke is. Um, but we we feel good about everything in our playbook. Um, of course, he hasn't had the reps that Luke has had over the past two or three years. Um, but you know he's uh, he's really gained some confidence over the last two weeks and is throwing the ball down the field really well. So uh, we're excited about him and and what he's done and the growth that he's shown in these past two weeks has been uh, phenomenal. So we're just excited about him moving forward. Now, coach, this is your going to be your second meeting with Hartsville this season. Um, do you guys approach this any differently than you did um, in the? in back in October when you faced them early in October or, or do you approach this team differently since they seem to be a different football team now? Well, they've changed some things that they're doing offensively and, uh, you know, we'll have to adjust to that. Um, but you know, we, you know, preparation is preparation. You know, I feel like we've got a great coaching staff at Myrtle beach and, um, we do, uh, our our assistant coaches do a great job of getting our kids ready for Friday night. So we're going to continue to do what we do and, um, there'll be some subtle changes and some subtle adjustments, uh, 
of course, anytime you play somebody twice, um, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we're excited about it, and, and our kids are excited about playing at Dugshaw Stadium for sure. Hey, Coach, Richie Allman down here in Charleston, uh, Southern Sports Central. Uh, first of all, thanks for your time. Now, here's kind of something neat. I grew up in Myrtle Beach, but I grew up in Surfside, to be quite honest. I just live south. You know where that's at. Class of 97 in Sockety. So, I grew up. You guys were one of our big rivals. I'm sorry. I'm up. sorry. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me. Hey, look. Look, and I'm I, I'm the voice of the Green Wave on uh, Friday nights in Somerville, where I get to hang out with Coach Spivey, who went to Conway. So, it's, it's uh-huh. always fun on, on Friday nights. <laughs> But um, you've got a good buddy of mine there. I grew up with J.O. Jason Owens, your defensive coordinator, over okay. there with you guys. And uh, when you talk to him, tell him where I said hello. But that being said, you know, it's funny when we graduate. Yeah, there's still a little bit of that. You can pick on us. We can pick on you. But I do follow you guys. I'm really proud of what you've put together, what you've maintained from even the days. I, you know, I'm still good friends with Jimbo Langston, a lot of those guys up there with you guys. But, man, you guys continue to year after year. You're doing it now with backup quarterbacks. You're doing it with guys in other positions. You know, talk to us about some of this young talent. that You've kind of coached them up all the way from eighth grade into the now their junior or senior year, Coach. Well, first of all, Jason Owens is uh, – I know he's your buddy. He's a great football coach. Uh, he's our defensive coordinator, Does our uh, coaches our defensive line as well. And um, He's been with us um, from the beginning, and he's just uh, an amazing football coach and does a great job. And um, certainly glad to have him on our staff. Um, you know, we have a great setup at Myrtle Beach. We, we're very fortunate that our recreation department is actually located right beside our practice field. So we're able to kind of get our hands on those guys um, at a pretty early age and see them daily as they play and practice over there. I mean, it's right beside us if you've ever been to our facility. So you, you can kind of imagine, you know, being the Luke Dodies and the Everett Golsons over there playing rec ball and, and being able to – you know, put go over there and, and, and communicate with them and have them out to our practice and things like that really helps out. So um, it's just been neat. You know, uh, Kurt Gallion, the city of Myrtle Beach Recreation Department ma- manager, does an amazing job. He'll come to our practice. We'll go to their practices. And so it, it works hand in hand, and it, and it really makes for a great setup for those guys, those young guys coming to our, our middle school program and to our junior varsity program. Well, Coach, um, we certainly appreciate uh, you giving us some time today. I know that Sunday's a day uh, that you like to spend with your family, and, and so your time's valuable, and so we certainly are, are um, um, have a lot of gratitude for you uh, sharing some of that time with us, and we wish you the best of luck this week against Hartsville. going to be a great game. Uh, semifinals are looking like it, this may be one of the best years we've had as far as matchups goes, but uh, good luck to you guys. Thank you for having us. Certainly appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, Coach uh, Mickey Wilson from Myrtle Beach High School, uh, join us, man. Richie, uh, he's he's done such a phenomenal job down there. I mean, it was it's, it, you know Myrtle Beach is is always been if you go all the way back to Doug Shaw um, and the things that, that they were able to do down there, and then Scott Early got that team turned around um, after some years in the doldrums of high school football and got them back to state championships and winning ways. And Nikki took over when Scott left and, and has, has just done nothing but win. And uh seems like yeah. the program gets stronger every year. Yeah, it's very interesting. We talked Tom Knotts, and, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Myrtle Beach is what you see at Dutch Fork, but they have a very similar look, uniforms and all. They're very good, and he said it best. Their facility of their youth department, and I grew up up there, so they've got the best building on the Grand Strand. They've got the best of the best in a lot of ways. And, and, and again, it's the plus of growing and being in the middle of the city limits and getting a lot of that extra stuff. But he's right. He can look over the fence and see a sixth grader, a fifth grader, a fourth grader with talent coming through the backfield. Baseball's the same way. They're right there as well with the, their baseball uh, department. So, again, he's able to really kind of coach him up. And I said this earlier, and maybe on this show or maybe just to somebody in general, but Tom Knotts, this guy breathes, eats, sleeps football. He's in the eighth grade all the way to their senior year. He's in all three levels of the program. And I can tell you, Chris Wilson does the same thing. You know, he's very well liked and loved there in Myrtle Beach. He's got a lot of history, traditions all there. And, uh, you know, Randy Sinclair was a big-time running back for for Sockety back in the 90s in my days. Well, his son ended up becoming a big-time running back at Myrtle Beach. You're talking about a, a very divided house there. Uh, now he's running the ball to O'Dominion. But, again, Brandon Sinclair was a big name, but he's always got these guys. And like I mentioned, you mentioned the kid's name earlier. He's a backup quarterback 
playing a big-time role, and you can see not even switching or twitching. He's getting it done, and they had to come and battle on this one. But trust me, they'll be ready for Hartsville, and I can't wait to watch this one on Game Tracker just to kind of keep up with it. It's going to be a great game. All right, uh, we're going to quickly recap uh, Friday night and and uh, just mention the matchups for this coming Friday for the semifinals of the state uh, high school playoffs in football. In 5A, Gaffney uh, knocked off Burns 34-20. to They will face Dorman, who beat Clover 45-42 to on a field goal in the fourth quarter. Dutch Fort 48, Fort Dorchester 0. They will uh, take on the host, Carolina Forest, who knocked off Goose Creek 41-14. In 4A, Wren, in a defensive battle, knocks off Greenville 17-7. They will take on a Ridgeview team who beat Daniel on Thursday night 35-28. Myrtle Beach, uh, we were just talking to Coach Wilson, beat Airport 34-10. Uh, we'll take on Hartsville, who knocked off Brooklyn Casey 22-21. In the 3A classification, Chapman, all over Woodruff, 49 to nothing will take on Camden, 42 to 27 over Union County. That's going to be a great matchup in the third time they face these guys in about four years. Uh, May River, 21, Strom Thurmond, 17 in the lower state 3A. They are going to take on Dillon, who knocked off Gilbert, 41 to 34 on the road. In 2A, Saluda knocks off Southside Christian, 56 to 35. They will be taking on Abbeville. I'm sorry, they knocked off Southside Christian 56-42. to 42. Abbeville beat Gray 38-35. Those two guys are going to see each other for the second time this season. Abbeville won the first matchup. We'll see what happens Friday night. In the lower state, Barnwell beat Timberland 49-19. to 19. Oceanside 56, Woodland 42. Those two guys are going to face each other with our friend uh, Chad Greer from Oceanside Collegiate. Uh, and incidentally, this is the first time ever that a uh, charter school has made it to the semifinals of the football playoffs. Uh, Class A, Upper State, Rich Spring, Mineta, 26, Blackwood Hill to 24 in three overtimes. They will take on Wagner Sally, who beat Lamar 24 to 12. In Lower State, Lakeview, 50, Cross 8. They will take on Green C. Floyd, who beat C.E. Murray 46 to 6. That's our matchups for this week. Richie, tell everybody where they can find you. And um, let, it, let them know where they can listen to your show. You got it, buddy. We're part of the Blog Talk family with you here. Of course, uh, Southern Sports Central kicks off Monday through Friday 6, excuse me, Monday through Friday 7 to 9. You can find us over there at SO Sports Central on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We do a fifth quarter show on Saturday from 8 to 10, and then on Friday night, follow us over there at Southern Sports Central because we'll be at the Abbeville, of course, uh, taking on uh, that, that team, excuse me, with uh, Chad Green and the guys over there taking on the course uh, Oceanside. Well, that's, that's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I think I'm going to be over at Dutch Fork. Well, Richie, again, appreciate you joining me uh, on uh, the Sunday Drive, SC um, High School Blitz on scvarsity.com, and uh, we'll be seeing you on Wednesday. For those of you uh, who keep up uh, with me on Twitter, at scvarsity. Um, and follow scvarsity.com Wednesday. This Wednesday will be the 24th annual release of the scvarsity.com All-State Teams. Um, we've got uh, first, second, and third team picks, uh, teams selected. And, uh, man, 24 years. I've been doing this, uh, been, been selecting the All-State team for 24 years. But uh, we've got a great team that's going to be picked for this. Uh, be sure to stay tuned uh, Wednesday we'll be back for the South Carolina High School Blitz Wednesday edition uh, that comes on at 6 o'clock Wednesday we'll be breaking down all of the semifinal matchups and um, talking about anything that comes up during the week with high school football politics yes there are politics involved I'm Jim Baxter from scvarsity.com you've been listening to the Sunday Drives the part of the South Carolina High School Blitz on the scvarsity.com radio network
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.